0: Well, I know I'm a lot to handle, but my wife has her fair share of struggles, too. (laughs) Let me just tell (laughs) y'all. Yeah, now that I have the mic, let me set the record straight. I love my wife so much, and it is true. Happy wife, happy life. And, you know, Amber's had to work a lot of things out uniquely with the Lord, especially in this last year, uh, struggling with breathing problems and navigating through that and really having to readjust a lot of things in her own life. And God has proven extremely faithful to her and to us in the midst of everything. And there are so many details revolving around when we decided to start the church, but we knew that we knew that we knew it was what we were supposed to do and that we couldn't just live our nice, comfortable lives in Port A. We had to do more and we already had 225 people that we called family and when we got fired which nicely it was we're shutting the church down but the whole congregation did too and so we had a big choice to make eight years ago and we knew that we could not live our lives unto ourselves Uh, and literally no couple was an island unto themselves because we were living out on the island and uh So we decided that we would start Rock City Church, and we had a lot of help when we started Rock City Church. And when we started the church, I called Prophet Kevin Leal, and uh, I met Pastor David Chisholm, and both of them, along with Brad McClendon, who came into our lives shortly after, really helped us understand the heartbeat of building a church, that really it's designed to be family, to think of ourselves as gardeners, and that we're growing a garden, and that we're all called to tend and keep what God creates. Okay. And when you're a faithful gardener with what God creates and you tend and keep well and you watch out for the garden, God causes it to bloom and blossom and to grow. And then ultimately we become more like guide wires in a vineyard. Think of guide wires in a vineyard or even cattle panels in a garden that cause your plants to grow up straight. After a period of time, you don't even see the guide wires or the cattle panels, but they're still there. You know, elders are like orthodontists. They cause the teeth to grow straight. And what we want is a church that's rooted in sound doctrine, that understands the Bible, that worships, and that genuinely hears God's voice everywhere they go and everything that they do. And don't let yourself get sidetracked by what people are saying on YouTube or by what people that don't believe in the Holy Spirit or the move of the Holy Spirit say that you don't hear God's voice outside of God's Word, meaning the only way you'll ever hear God is by what He said in the Bible. Everything that God says to you has to be laid upon the foundation of the Word. Everything has to be backed up by the Word. You have to have a good biblical understanding of what God says and whatever you do has to line up with God's word. But God speaks to you on top of his word. In 1 Peter 4.11, it literally says, if anybody speaks or ministers, let them be choreographed or minister as God gives them the ability. And I'm going to talk with you about that today, about being choreographed by God and everything that you do. And so we heard God's voice and we knew we were supposed to start Rock City Church And the only place we could find in town was the Fellowship Hall at First Christian Church. You saw some of the pictures in the video, which we will repost that video on social media and share with the whole world that we turned eight today. Um, But it was really an incredible time for us. It was hard. It was difficult. But God showed up and none of the people left. All 225 people made the jump. And then most of them, I'd say 98% of them made the jump here. It was tough. It was difficult, but it was also incredibly beautiful. And in the eight years, we have been through a couple hurricanes. We've lost a child. I've had pneumonia three times. We battled health issues, but in the midst of it all, our spiritual fervency in life is more on fire today than it's ever been. Our marriage is stronger today than it's ever been. Our kids are growing up hearing the voice of the Lord. Our son has even witnessed to some people at the bouncy house place, asking somebody if they knew who God was, you know, my, and he's six, you know, and our kids are really genuinely growing up with a wonderful family. And so I really want to say, thank you. It's been an incredible road of how we've gotten to this spot, but I really do feel it is just the beginning. I feel like we're really poised now for all the great things that God wants to do next. And so I want to talk with you about something that I believe that the Lord wants to do next. All right. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for eight incredible years. Thank you, God, for this church. Thank you for family. Thank you, Lord God, for putting us in Flower Bluff. Thank you for this community, our city, our neighborhoods, our coworkers. Thank you for everybody that we get to influence everywhere we go so that they would know you and they'd hear the good news of the gospel. Thank you, Jesus, for the life that you gave. May we, in like fashion, take up our cross and deny our own selves and follow after you and in turn lead people to do the same. Thank you, God, for all the leaders, the elders. Thank you for every family member, every visitor, everybody that's new to Rock City, those that have been here for a long time and those that are coming. And when they come in, may they find true life and love and freedom. And may they become everything you want them to become. And may we all reproduce the life that you've put inside of us. Thank you for a diversity of backgrounds. And thank you, God, that it all comes together to build one beautiful harmony and melody that releases a beautiful sound that transforms lives for your love so that they would experience you for who you really are. I love you, and I thank you, God, for this church. Thank you for eight amazing years, and thank you for the next season of our lives. Do what you do best. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. (laughs) I like how Amber said authentic. I actually had thought to call Rock City. The first church name that I have for Rock City was going to be The Authentic Church. But I thought that might be a little bit too strong because we're like the authentic church, but the other churches aren't. So I was like, that's probably not a bad, not a good idea. Um, But I also wanted to call my coffee shop instead of Coffee Waves. The first name that I wanted to call Coffee Waves was Coffee Snobs. And my tagline was going to be, if you want to waste your bucks, go somewhere else. That probably would not have been a good idea, but I am a very strong personality, and I'm like, I'm going to crush the competition, and so anyway, we didn't name it Coffee Snobs. We called it Coffee Waves, and in turn, we called our church Rock City Church because we're the city built on the rock. We're the body of Christ, Texas, and we're the, the most unique city in the United States of America with that name, and my desire is to see us live up to the body of Christ, So I talk a lot about unity, and I talk a lot about being one, and I'm going to talk about some of that today. You know, some of Jesus' greatest desire is that we would become one as he and the Father were one. The Apostle Paul taught so much on one love, one heart, one mind, and being unified as a body of Christ. And I want to see that where nobody's in hiding, nobody's in shame, nobody feels alone. But at the same time, everybody's learning who the Lord really is in your personal life. You know, many times I want to pull you right out of the frying pan. I see that you're hurting, you're broken, you're failing, you're struggling, but God tells me not to deliver you out of the frying pan. You know why? Because sometimes you need to get cooked really good so you can be finished and done with what, what you're doing and that God can deal with you the way He does because He's the Lord. I'm not. And that means you have to have discernment to understand the, where people are at. You have to not be afraid to correct them. But you also have, there's times that God says, nope, let me correct you. And I say this all the time. I'm not the God cop. We're not God cops. Right. But if you'll let us measure your life, we can measure you lovingly, accurately, according to God's word. And yes, it's been messy. Yes, we've made mistakes. But at the end of the day, our hearts are right. And our hearts genuinely are to see you become everything that God wants you to become, which is why I talk so much about reading the Bible, which is why I talk so much about turning off the news, which is why I talk about coming into agreement with what God says. You have to know God's word so that you can accurately discern his voice. You will not accurately discern God's voice if you're not reading your Bible. I'm telling you, you be a spiritual deadbeat. And I counsel spiritual deadbeats all the time. In fact, the Bible has a name for those people. They're called blockheads. Really, the word is ignorant or foolish people. They're like blockheads. But we were all blockheads once, weren't we, Mark? Some of us more than others. No, I think I was more of a blockhead than you were, but but God is in the God restores people that are hard headed, and we will never give up on you. I have people that I have loved and worked hard to correct that got offended and left. And they went and they've done whatever they've done. Some people have gone out and bombed it. And they could walk back into this church tomorrow and I'll love them just like I loved them right before they left. Because that's what God did for me. And so I love what Amber said. She said, you never stop coming. But I'm going to add one thing. You can go to church your whole life and be dead as a doornail don't think that you get special accolades by coming to church. We come to church to do and become something, to become unified as a family, first to worship the Lord. Mm -hmm. This isn't about us. Now, God has a way of exalting us, and he loves you, and he says, look, I died for you, so I made it about you in the sense that I died for you. But our response isn't, this is about me. Our response is, Lord, I'm so grateful for the cross and who you are and what you've done and how you rescued me that I'm going to worship you with everything inside of me. You know, you guys, when we worship, always keep your eyes on the Lord. But if you're going to watch me or you're going to watch somebody else, what do I want you to see? What do I want my kids to see? Now, I'm not worshiping because I want to be seen. But one thing I can tell you is about 9.9 out of 10 times, I'm worshiping right up with these teenagers and up here in the front. I could be focusing on my message, and every now and then God gives me a download. I'll grab my phone, and I'll look up a scripture, and I'll get these words during worship that God wants to say. And many times it's just for me. It's not for you to be preached publicly. And that should be happening to you too. I mean, there's so many times I'm in worship, and God drops in something into my spirit. I'm like, oh man, where was that? I got to write that down. And I go get my phone and I look up the scripture and I make a quick note. And then I go right back to worship. <coughs> but worship is so important. Worship is an authentic expression of gratitude of what Jesus has done in your life. You know, let me tell you four of my biggest pet peeves. Eating unhealthy, drinking bad coffee, And Christians that don't worship and Christians that don't read their Bible. I love you, but it's a pet peeve of mine. Because I know that when you give your life to Jesus, you can't help but want to discover the man you gave your life to. You know, back in high school, back in the 80s, when you found a girl that you liked or a boy that you liked, you wrote a note. And then you folded it up just right. And the corner was, you could pull the little corner out and then it unfolded. You remember the notes you'd pass in class? You still remember that? Okay. You know, and yeah, paper, paper. That's right. Handwriting. Remember that thing? And, you know, God has written you 66 love letters. The Bible is not about teaching you how to be a better person. It's about discovering a person. And when you discover him, you discover you. In fact, it's a great statement to say. Let's say this together. Say, when I discover him, I discover me. When I find him, I find me. So, if anybody here is saying, I just want to know who I am or what my mission is or what my call is, find him. Find the man. His name's Jesus. Because when you discover him, you discover everything else that matters. Okay? And you learn to be led by his spirit in everywhere you go and in everything you do. What if God said, I wanted you to trust me day by day, grab my hand, let me lead you, stay close to me, follow right behind me. You're not going to be able to necessarily know and see everything, but just keep your eyes on me. And that's all I want you to do for today. Would you do it? Or would you spin out worried and being frustrated about tomorrow? See, the fastest way to keep you back from your promise and your destiny is to complain. You got to stop complaining and start trusting. You got to trust the process. You got to trust the Lordship of Christ. Think of Joseph being sold into human trafficking and then put in prison and lied about. And the whole time he didn't complain. Instead, he grew in his gift. He kept his eyes on the Lord. And now he's having dreams, interpreting his own dreams. Then he's interpreting other people's dreams. There wasn't dream school there in Egypt in prison. There wasn't the best books on how to interpret symbols. There wasn't all the resources that we have today, but he had the greatest resource, the Spirit of the Lord, and God was speaking to him and using him so that when the time came, he was promoted. He was prepared, and hence he was promoted. I taught you guys that last week. There's no time for preparation when promotion comes. You're either ready or you're not. So guess what I want to do? Make you ready. I want to make you ready. The greatest thing I want to make you ready for is if the, if the midnight cry comes. Come on. You don't freak out and go, oh, my God, nuclear war. No, you go, okay, I, yeah, the, yeah. that's a sound like I've never heard. Yeah. Yeah. And there's light flashing in my windows.
1: Come on.
0: And you get up, and you're not like, oh, my gosh, where's the guns? Freak out. You're going, Jesus is coming back. Come on. Yeah. And you know who's going to know? His family. Think about it. If you're a body and he's a head, all the head has to do is think for a second. Just think to move your big toe right now. All y'all are moving your big toe. You hardly even, I mean, there's the thought of it and your toe's moving. That's how it is with his body. So we shouldn't be so unaware. We should be prepared. So when the midnight cry comes, you're listening to it and you're hearing it. I want to make you ready for that. Because he's going to come at an hour and a time when you least expect it. As in the days of Noah. Yeah. Does anybody feel like we're in the days of Noah? Sure. But God's patient and kind. And the only reason why he hasn't come back, so that you know, is because he didn't want you to perish. He waited so you could get saved. For, make it personal. Right. He, if he'd have come back before I gave my life to Jesus... It would have been a bad deal But he waited And he's still waiting And you're here And I hope you give your life to Jesus if you haven't And I hope you go all in And I hope you get so on fire that you're unrecognizable I hope that nobody can recognize Who you become And it's only a faint story Told to your children and your families That becomes a testimony But it's such a distant person That you're unrecognizable Come on man that's what's happening. you got to let that old you die.
1: Yeah.
0: you got to put on Christ and step into the newness of life that God has for you. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. And now who's he waiting for? All those people you don't like. You know that person? That ex-husband, ex-wife, the one that stabbed you in the back. Yeah, whoever, what, whoever irritated you, hurt you, messed you up. For, you know, some of you, it's the Democrats. I don't know who it is. You're like, (laughs) no, I'm serious. Like, people are so ate up and we're so divided when really Jesus is holding back because he wants to save everyone. No matter what your political affiliation is. You got to have perspective. (sighs) So... Here's what the Lord gave me for the next thing for Rock City Church. God wants to make us both personally and corporately into a new song. He wants to make you into a new song. We're going to talk about a new song today. And So let's say this together. Say, my life is a song, is a song designed, designed, designed to, be to be sung out loud. Rock City Church is a new song to this city. I'm not comparing myself to every other church. There's beautiful sounds and songs being released out of so many other churches in this city. But we are a unique tribe and you are a unique person. There's nobody like you. You are a new song. In fact, music, everything related to music is a vibration. You're vibrating right now. Your pulse, your heart, your blood's pumping through you. every All matter is actually vibrating. And Everything's a sound. Did you know that you can actually take your DNA and turn it into a song? Did you know that? Let me read Just follow with me today, will you? We're going to have a good time. I got some great words. I'm going to really, really show you something awesome biblically, but let me tell you something about this. Do you know what the word sonification is? Do you know that word? to amplify or create sound, but specifically to use DNA sequences to create music. Your DNA acts as a template for the production of proteins in your body. A DNA sequence is a long, continuous chain made up of only four chemical bases referred to as G, A, T or C. They repeat in various defined patterns to make up a gene. Many genes are identical in sequence within a species. That is from person to person or virus to virus. The Bible says that you're a fragrance, you're a diffuser. You're either diffusing life or you're diffusing death. And I'm going to say it this way today, you're a sound, you're a song. That's meant to be sung. Where do I get my songs that I sing out loud? I get them in the private. I get them with the Lord intimately. There's songs that I sing, and I'm not a great singer. And I'm so thankful we have a little bit of land because I'm able to go outside when I'm walking the dogs and I have my headphones on and I'm listening to intercession or 24-hour worship from IHOP. And I start agreeing and declaring, and I'm singing at the top of my lungs that I'm sure even people down the block are hearing me. But I don't care. And I'm letting the sound in me come out. But it's not so much about just singing in a song When I refer to your life being a song, I'm talking about everything that you are from a spiritual standpoint being released out of you to somebody else. And I am going to say we all are musical in that context. We all have voice boxes. We all speak. We all resonate something. And when we're resonating life, it's creating something. And, uh, like, I like, well, I'm gonna teach you something about harmony here in just a moment. Is Brian still here? Oh, he left. I was gonna have him share something. Um, but I wanna talk with you about becoming that new song. See, new is new, new is something that's never been done before. Jesus is a new thing. Now, to us that are Christians, it may seem like, well, I've been a Christian a long time. He's not a new thing necessarily to me. But every day our love becomes new. Every day our life in Him becomes new. Every day He has something. His mercies are new every morning, morning by morning. So Jesus always in His love, and even in my marriage, I'm always discovering things. Even though we've been married nine years and some of you a lot longer, we still are learning and discovering and growing and enjoying the process of what God's bringing out in our marriage. But to people that don't know Jesus, He's really new. And the premise for that scripture comes from Isaiah 42.9. In Isaiah 42.9, Isaiah says, Behold, well really the Lord says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. The former things have come to pass. What does that mean? Here's what it means. God keeps his word and does everything he says he would do. When he gave a prophetic word, it always comes to pass. And every word that God had given to Isaiah... And every word, every promise that God had given about up until that time about the future of Israel had come to pass. In fact, every Bible prophecy, over 350 Bible prophecies about Jesus, every one of them has come to pass. And there's still prophecies coming from the book of Revelation and beyond about us and the body of Christ and our lives being as living epistles. We're promises from God. The Bible says for anybody that is in Christ, they are an heir according to the promise of Abraham. So, the very promise that was made to Abraham in covenant is sitting right in front of me. What was the covenant promise made to Abraham? That his descendants would be like the stars of the sky, the sand and the seashore, and in him all nations would be blessed. That's you. And we now, through Jesus, have been grafted in to the original promise of Israel and the original promise to Abraham in covenant. So God's going to do what he said he would do. And he means to keep his word. And he made you a promise. And he made you into a song, a new song. And so he says, behold, the former things have come to pass and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I tell them to you. Now, let me tell you about the context of the scripture. In Isaiah, in this chapter, the context is the coming Messiah. He's the new thing. That's the context. And if you read Isaiah 42, it all points back to the Messiah. Now, we as a prophetic church can also grab onto this word and understand that you can hear God's voice and He can begin to declare things to you by the Spirit for your future. Insight, revelation, prophecy. And don't fall prey to the lies of people out there that tell you that prophecy and revelation and insight don't exist. It's a deceptive lie of cessationists that have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit and will tell you that God doesn't speak today by his voice or through revelation or through prophecy. Don't listen to that. That's a lie, okay? Please do not fall prey to that lie. If you'd help navigating that from a biblical standpoint, come and talk to me or any one of the leaders and we'll show you doctrinally why that's not true. Hearing God's voice is very important. But God never will tell you something outside of that lines up with his word. Okay? Now, there's things that are out there that's like God doesn't have to tell you because it would be completely stupid and idiotic, and it's contrary to God's word. All right? But you have to learn God's word so that you can know what he's saying. As I've said before, you won't know what God is saying until you know what he has said. So, so many of you are like, man, I just want to hear God's voice. And at the same time, you want to be lazy, scroll Facebook, scroll Instagram, stay on the news, stay on your computer, and you don't get alone with God, and you're looking way more at everything else than you are at God's word or listening to his voice in worship. And I love you enough to say that, but few people will pay the price. Narrow is the road that leads to life, so that you know, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, So I throw out the gauntlet and I throw out the double dog dare challenge to you today. Live like few people will live. Be the ones that will live aggressive. Let your light shine bright. In fact, I found this little light bright. You can't see it. It's so tiny. Up during worship on the floor today. And God gave me a prophetic word about this little light bright. This light bright by itself, this little pink or orange light bright, It may shine bright, but it's so much more effective when you put all the other pieces of it together. And you can't make a picture out of one light bright. And God's building a picture. He's connecting the dots. Do you know you're all a big part of a connect the dot? You know that, right? You just, some of you may be number one and some of you may be number 150. Three tens and twenties. In fact, God says, actually the last is the greatest. You're all part of Connect the Dots, where God is creating and building a beautiful picture together. So I want to connect some dots for you today. I want to put together a light, bright picture so that we can all build and shine bright together as one. I love how Amber said, God put us here. She said it, to shine bright. But the thing is, is you have to understand you can only shine so bright by yourself. God never designs you to shine bright by yourself. And I will tell you, family and community can be messy. It can be difficult. God brings broken people together. Iron sharpens iron. And sometimes sparks are flying. Aren't they? But the key is to not run. It's to keep your peg in place. So that you can partner up with everybody else that God puts you with. So let's go back to the scripture. New things he declares. Before they spring forth I tell you of them. Sing to the Lord a new song and his praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it, you coastlands and you inhabitants of them. I love this scripture. You know why? Everybody's going to a coastland. When you get born again, you're headed to the coastland of the promised land. When the Israelites were delivered out of Egypt, where were they going? To a coastland, the Mediterranean Sea. To, to the ultimately Canaan land, which would be the land that God would give to the Israelites. And so God calls us to sing a new song. This song is in correlation to the fact that God's always doing something new in your life. If, God's not, if you're not allowing the Lord to reveal the greatness of who he is on a daily basis, you will never get or become a new song. You'll always be stuck in yesterday's bread. Remember the manna? The manna that came down from heaven, you were never supposed to store that up. You were supposed to eat each day for its provision. on Saturday, or I'm sorry, on Friday, give you a double portion because there was a Sabbath. But the point is is that every day God has fresh bread for you. In the Lord's Prayer, it's called, give us this day our daily bread. And so when you're getting fresh bread and when you're getting daily bread, You are getting new songs and becoming a new song. In fact, a great biblical term, it's a big biblical term, but you should know it, is called regeneration. You're being regenerated. All things, think of 2 Corinthians 5.17. For those who are in Christ, you got saved, you are saved, you are being saved, and all things become new. Every day your love should grow stronger. Every day you should be more on fire. It doesn't mean you don't go through hardships, adversities, and difficulties. We've gone through two hurricanes. We've lost a child. She's had breathing problems. We've been through so many difficulties. Pneumonias. I lost my mom. I mean, it's crazy the stuff that's happened to us in the last three, four years. But every day, because we're being renewed and we're renewing our mind and regenerated on the inside by the Holy Spirit... Always something new and beautiful is resonating or vibrating out of my life. Something should be vibrating out of you, Trey. You should be vibrating right now. Especially in worship. Worship's so important. Because worship is giving back all the gratitude and honor and thanks of what he's done. It doesn't matter whether you like the song or not. It doesn't matter whether they're singing Shout to the Lord or not. It doesn't matter if I heard it a thousand times. I'm going to worship and sing it again. And then I also understand that I'm challenging the worship team to stop just being a cover band. And even though I like many of the worship songs that are out there, you can't just sing, keep singing somebody else's song, people. How, imagine if every week I came in here and I preached somebody else's sermon. And then one day you're like, wait a minute, Robert Morris was preaching and I heard him preach. Wait, I heard Bill Johnson preach that same thing. Now, sometimes that does happen, but we weren't talking and I didn't listen. And I can assure you that has happened. Now, in worship, it's a little bit different because there's great songs and hymns. And God calls us to sing those songs together that we know sometimes. So I don't want to throw that out, but what I am saying is God has made this church to have a unique sound. We just have to find it, which means sometimes we have to explore. It means we have to step out on the water. It means that we have to trust God when we're not sure where we're going. And what happens sometimes is that the worship team will start singing something prophetically, or on Wednesday nights, you know, it's it 40 minutes, and we didn't even sing a song I knew, and people are actually manifesting being critical and being mad because we didn't sing that song you like and all you thought we did was be a jam band. And I can assure you that I don't want Mark or Nathan or any musicians on that stage if they're not reading their Bible and playing and singing and finding their songs privately. And I'm challenging them to do that more and more and more. But you as a church family, us as a family, have got to embrace the new song. Because it says, sing to the Lord a new song. But I also want to tell you that your life is always designed to be a new song. Psalm 33, verse 1. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is what? It's beautiful to the Lord. So we should be rejoicing. We should be praising God. We should be living upright. And I will also tell you, even when you fail or make mistakes, it's about the posture of your heart. I taught you that last week. I would come in year, for years where I would vomit. I mean, in my early years, when I first gave my life to the Lord, I was going to the disco clubs, which we had them back then. <laughs> I was going out to the reggae clubs. I was still smoking pot with my friends. But the more I went, the more I would realize it wasn't who I was. And thank God I didn't have some jacked up religious person that was beating me up and pushing me away from the church. That's why you guys bomb it, blow it. I'm going to love you the same. I'm going to tell you, when are you going to be tired of going back to the pig trough? At some point, you're tired of eating slop. Yeah. And God will open up your eyes when you give your life to the Lord. I remember I went, I went to like a fish concert or something. And I used to love fish back in the day. And I walked into the concert born again. And I said, wait a minute, something's different here. Same with the clubs. I'd go to the clubs, people would be bumping and grinding and reggae bands and reggae clubs. And I'd be in there trying to drink my Coronas. And then I'm hearing like trumpets in the spirit. And I'm like thinking the rapture's happening. And I'm running out of that club terrified. <laughs> That's my story. So you know what I'm talking about? It's like you try to go back to who you once were. And God's like, yeah, it's not who you are anymore. Some of you are a little more hard-headed, and takes you a little bit longer. But eventually you get it. Are you guys all right? I'm mean, just being, we're, we're, we're engaging together. I'm talking about being a new song. But I also want you to understand that to find the new song means you have to let go of your old song. I didn't say that last service. Write that down. That was good. So prof- So profound. I'm like telling, man, you got to sing. And some of you are like, burr, 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 turn it up. Sweet home Alabama, here we come. That's not what I'm talking about. You gotta let, I'm not talking about rocking to kid rock. I'm talking about worshiping Jesus. Okay, I'm talking about you got to let go of some of that old Zeppelin or Pink Floyd songs that make you feel good because it reminds you of the good old days. Free bird, Free bird yeah, exactly. <laughs> and all the millennials are like, Who? Huh, Doctor Dre. Dr. Dre, that was your jam. Yes. Pastor Cray, Cray, right over here, everybody. <laughs> so, we're, so we're destined, designed to release a new sound and a new song, because we're getting new mercies every day. Yes. We're getting daily bread every day. Yes. The former things have come to pass in your life. God has been faithful. Everything that God has said He'd do, He's done. And here you are today. Am I right? It's miraculous. We should be so fired up. We should be so excited that God never gave up on you. Because if anybody deserved to be given up on, it was you. Am I right? But you know what? Look at you. You don't look the same. You don't sound the same. Look at your daughter. Look at your. You are full of promise and hope in life now. And you were caught up in a tangled web, but you know what? We loved you. We cared for you. You left. You came. You went back. You came, but here you are for good now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's rejoice, everybody. Yeah. This is exciting. Yeah. So sing to the Lord a new song. Rejoice, you righteous, for praise the upright it's beautiful. Praise the Lord with a harp. Really, you know, a voice box is a lot like a harp. Everybody's got an instrument inside their throat. Y'all can sing whether it doesn't sound good or not, so what? But you can also speak. You know, I probably won't get to Ephesians 5 today, but Ephesians 5 says that when we gather that we should speak to one another with songs, spiritual songs, and hymns, making melody where? In our heart. So I'm always making a melody in my heart. In fact, I've learned the darker it gets, make a melody. You know, when we lost Eden, and Eden was 32 weeks inside Amber's tummy. Took 37 hours to induce her because we found out in the morning, and if you ever have a stillbirth, they make you wait to induce labor until everybody else that's having a normal labor has their baby. So they call us in at 3 o'clock in the morning. And we go into a delivery room that should normally be full of hope and life and promise, right? And we're facing uh, having, birthing a baby that's not alive. Can you imagine? You know what we did? We called Nathan's wife, who's a labor and delivery nurse, and she came in in the middle of the night after working all day and came in. She floated in the room praying in tongues, kneeled down on Amber's Inn, started to pray, and the atmosphere shifted. And as soon as morning came, we opened up the windows and we put on the Torwaltz album, Champion. And we listened to it on repeat while we sang. Our darkest midnight hour became an hour that we'll look back and say, but God showed up. Because we sang, we sang a new song. And in the midst of it, we made a melody in our heart. It's Ephesians 5. And it's powerful. Sometimes you need hymns. Sometimes you need spiritual songs. In fact, the songs, spiritual songs, and hymns, making melodies in your heart, is really the mindset behind it. Because I don't always greet you and go, Oh, Jeremy, I love you. Oh, you're so awesome. How art thou today? <laughs> right, it's like you don't understand. Really, what it is is, I'm greeting you with a song. You're gonna do that? Oh no! Oh no! We greet. We're greeting each other with a song, making melody in our heart. And there, it's times that we are singing, but more often than not, it's we're being the, the the sound that we're supposed to be. And in order to be the sound you're supposed to be, you need to play in tune, because if you're out of tune, it produces cacophony. You know what cacophony is? It's nothing but head noise. It's confusion of sound. It's discord instead of one accord. And when you play out of sound, it affects all of us. But you know what I'll keep doing? I'll keep playing in sound so you can see what harmony looks like, and I can get you tuned up so that we can learn to play together. And if I ever get out of tune, what what should you all do in this church? You need to help me. I pray I never do, but I have lots of accountability. You all should be so sharp. You should know the word as much as I do. You should be more aggressive. I pray you all outrun me. I pray that you literally will run longer, harder, and farther than I do. I'm 50. And some of you are my age or older. But I'm going to challenge everybody in this room. I double-dog dare all y'all to know more about the Word than I do. Thank you. Let's let's roll. I mean, we've got to sharpen each other well, and we've got to run long to get the prize. Run to win the prize, the Bible says. There's a prize. They're called the crown of life for eternity now. So we got to run well. We got to play well. And I told you a little bit about that scripture in 1 Peter 4.11, the 4.11. Everybody say the 4.11. The 4.11 is is if anybody's going to speak and anybody's going to minister, let them do it according to the ability that God gives you. Literally speaking the oracles of God short prophetic utterances, for those people that are cessationists, we'll just cut that scripture out of the Bible. That's so that's not apply today, that God's going to give you or a little prophetic utterances. That was just for the apostles. So idiotic. It just makes me mad. And I watch all those people on, and some of the stuff that some of those cessationists say online are good because they're right biblically, but they're missing the essence of the spirit behind it. And if you guys have any questions for me, you don't like something I teach, or you think I'm teaching erroneously, or you see something online and they're trying to call me out for hearing God's voice or being prophetic or revelation or the gifts of the Spirit or tongues, please let's have a conversation. Because I will back it up with not just one scripture, but maybe about 5, 10, 15, or 20. I have a lot to say to those people, but right now God's not releasing me to do a YouTube channel. So you're my YouTube channel. You're my Sunday morning YouTube channel. How's that sound? Oh, gosh, is it really that time? Sheesh. Okay, let me give you this last thing. This is my first of my fourth clothes. Sing to him. You know what somebody last week came up that was new to the church and said, I love to hear you speak. I could have listened to you for two more hours. I said, thank you. Next week, I'm gonna give you two more hours. Yeah. So you guys just need to you guys just need to embrace it right now. I, I like I'm just gonna say it this way. If you don't mind if I preach long, I don't mind if you leave early. How's that sound? My wife does not like that comment, but she's not here to say anything about it because she left early. I can say whatever I want to say right now. How do you like them apples, Amber? Wait, is she here? Where? Oh, good. Oh, she's watching online? Cut the feed. Cut the feed. Cut the feed. <laughs> Cut the feed. Sing to the Lord a new song. This is verse three, Psalm thirty-three, three. By the way, if you're seeing three, 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 grab onto this three, three, three. There's several 333s. several in the Bible. If you're waking up in the middle of the night at 3, three, 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 this is one of them. Sing to the Lord a new, sing to him a what kind of song? Play how? With a shout of joy. As so people come in, man. Why is that Oscar Hernandez shouting over there during worship? I wish he would stop worshiping. That's what it sounds like to him. It's like, I'm like, dude, let it out. People are like, man, praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We're crying out holy. We're worshiping the band singing. And I already can hear the naysayers. Why well, is that church like that? Are they worshiping like that? So just make some people manifest. So I don't want a dead, quiet church. I want ex- expressive worship. Now, some of you are, I get it. I'm married to an introvert that will never be expressive. Well, I won't say never. Actually, maybe I'll say never so that God will prove me wrong. (laughs) But she's going to worship in her own unique way. She's getting touched. She's hearing words from the Lord. She's vulnerable. She's crying. She's God speaking to her. Because she's worshiping uniquely in her way. But what I'm saying is the Bible's full of instruments and shout. That's why I don't understand the Church of Christ thing. I'll just tell you right now, it's jacked up. Yeah. And I don't, I don't normally speak bad about denominations, and a lot of great people have gotten saved initially, but it's messed up to say a no instruments. I'm like, what? How many passages of Scripture do I have to take out of the Bible? Right. Don't, the of don't talk about it. We have ver- some former Church of Acts, I mean Church of Christ congregants here. <laughs> so sing to him a new song, play skillfully. Okay, I'm going to leave you with this. I'm going to leave you with these two things. My second close of the four. Okay? I still have my light bright here. It's got an even bigger thing I'm going to tell you about. Okay? All right. I'm going to give you some homework. Go read Psalm 98 tonight. Okay, I want you all to read Psalm 98 because it really fits. We're not going to read it today. Psalm 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to, He inclined to me, and he heard my cry. To wait patiently doesn't mean to just be a Christian couch potato. It means to trust the process and to agree with the Lord in prayer and worship and his word, and God will do what he said he would do. So if you feel like you're in a pit, God has a way of bringing you out. But don't give me this, well, God's in control thing, while you sit back and do nothing. Come into agreement. This isn't works-based. This is trust-based. So to wait patiently is I'm entwining myself to him, and I'm in position when God promotes me out of the pit. That's a promotion, wouldn't you say? So he brings me out of the horrible pit, he heard your cry, miry clay, sets your feet upon a rock, Establish your steps. Look at verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God, many will see it and fear, and many will trust in the Lord. When you become the song and release the new sound, what happens? Many see, and many will fear it. A great example of a new song is this guy. He was in the pulpit, so jacked up, he didn't know who he really was, solely leaning on his own gifts, singing a beautiful song. But when God put a new song in his mouth, people will see it and have seen it and now say, it must have been God. Because only God could do what he's done in his life, his ex-wife, his current wife, her ex-husband. Who's here in the back? And all their kids, I'm just like, the whole thing's incredible. Yes, all right, if Hebrews chapter four verse 12, this will really be my final close, because <laughs> you're going to say, "What does this have to do with the new song?" Hebrews 4:12. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and it discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. This is why the word is so important, okay? Because if you don't have a word inside of you, you have nothing that will discern the hearts of people or your own heart. And when you go to become that new song to somebody else and you don't have any word inside of you, you're shallow, or you're, you're weak in a sense that you can't actually provide strength to the body of Christ. He would, the worst team would be shallow if they didn't have strength in their life when they get up on the stage. Same for me. And so the word of God is so powerful because it separates the, the concept of, of uh, spirit and flesh. And joints and marrow is God divides what's of him and what's not of him out of your life. That's what the word does, okay? It, the word also reveals areas you're jacked up in. The word reveals things that you need to work on and deal with, but really it's making you more like him, not to make you a better person. It's to make you more like him, which then makes you a better person. It's not religious behavior modification. But check this out. Go to the next screen. Oh, right there. Say right there. It separates joints and marrow Again, context of spirit and flesh. But in this case, the joint would be the spirit. You guys know what joints are? I'm not talking about doobies and getting high and pot. Some of you went right there. You're like, oh, yeah, joints, yeah. I know what a joint is. I'm talking about the understanding of what a joint is in your body. Okay? You know what a joint is? I wrote this down. Where two two bones meet, I'm going to give you the actual definition, but that's right. It says, it's where two bones meet, they make the skeleton flexible. Without them, movement would be impossible. Joints allow our bodies to move in many ways. Now, notice I'm referring to the joint or joints as a body, a part of a body. The Greek word for joints is the word, or joint is the word harmos, which is where we get the actual English word harmony. Mm. Look it up. Go to the dictionary and go to the history of harmony, and it's actually this Greek word. And it'll say this to you in the dictionary. It's harmos. It means harmony. The word harmony means the combination of, of simultaneously sounded musical notes to produce chords and chord progressions having a pleasing effect. The quality of forming a pleasing and consistent whole. Harmony is holistic. It forms together a melody. And without a melody, there's no movement. Without harmony... The body is brittle and can't be flexible and can't move properly in your joints. But we're all supplying something to one another, the Bible says, as a body of Christ. Every joint effectively supplies what it's supposed to supply. Which means that even if you are a blockhead bringing two bones together, God still redeems your life, transforms you together with me. I've taught on this for where it's synergy, where the two is better than the one. That's called a chord. But if we're out of tune or not playing in the right chord, it's discord. So you've got to understand the context of harmony. Harmony is this light-bright piece. By itself, it's one shining bright. Come on. One light that shines bright. But put it together with all the different colors and all the different pieces, div- orchestrated, orchestrated by God, what's it do? A beautiful picture that shines even brighter. It's harmony. A musical term that God uses to put us in a, you know, the Gospels, the four Gospels are called the harmony. Harmony of the Gospels. Why? Because they parallel each other all to continue a a message. Let's say that together. Say, I am am. a continuation of a message. message. So this church, we are continuationists, by the way. Yeah. We don't believe that everything stopped with the apostles. And now we've gotten the written word. That's all you need. (laughs) It's not all you need. People read their Bible their whole lives and are dead as a doornail. They cut you up with the word. You know those religious people? They cut you up with the word. They got no spirit and love and life behind them. And so you have to have them both. So it's time for us to get in position with our light bright pieces. The root word of harmos is the word harma. The Greek word harma. You know what that word is? The exact word for chariot. Specifically a war chariot. So, you know what happens when the church comes together in unity and all of our light, bright pieces get together and we be all become a new song and sing our songs together in melody and harmony? Guess what we become? A well built, perfectly fashioned war chariot. And let me tell you something about chariots. God never let his people, Israel, own chariots, ever. You know why? Because he was building another chariot. This chariot was not built by hands. This is a chariot of fire built by God himself, fitting us all together as one, and I need your peace and you need my peace so we can effectively do what God's called us to do as a family, and it, the root word harma, chariot, ties directly into harmony, which ties into melody, which ties into the word of God, separating out of our lives what's not of him, the marrow, and bringing together the joints so that this body can function properly. Rock City Church is becoming a new sound. The New Year's conference is gonna have four incredible prophetic worship leaders, Chris Burns, Dana Diaz, Leonard Jones, and Jason Lee Jones. This is a musical sound conference. New songs will come out, and it will launch us into 2021. We finished eight years, the, the display is all the books because eight years is in the books. But even more than that, your life is an open book, singing a new song. You are a modern-day book of Psalms for all men. To, the Bible says you're a living epistle for all to be read by all men. So as we go into 2021, I want to prophetically declare that this church is becoming a new song. This, you are going to sing and become a new song. And we're going to step into harmony Together as one because of God's spoken word, because of God's written word, because we're rooted and grounded on truth, and we're rock solid. We're living upright. We're we're getting off the bottle. And I'm not talking about the liquor bottle. I'm talking about the milk. That too. But I'm talking about the milk bottle. And I'm speaking to those of you that are a core part of this church. You know, in Revelations 5, the the 24 elders of the living creatures have a harp and a bowl in their hand, and they're singing a new song. Worthy is the Lamb. So I'm just pray over you and then I'm going to send you out of here to go sing. Start singing private. Please guys. I'm pleading with this and beseeching this church. If you've been coming to this church more than you know 90 days and you're, you're saying this is going to be my home we got we to gotta shut the world out and be the set apart ones. You know ecclesia means the set apart ones. The called out ones called out of what? called out of the world. Just close your eyes for a moment and I'll, and I'll release you guys here but I'm pray over you first. Lord, may we all make a melody in our heart even if we can't sing. May we all sing even when we think we can't sing. May we all become a new song. May this church become a new song. May we come into agreement as one. Instead of discord and cacophony, may we truly be united to release a new song to the Lord. Sing a new song, all you who go down to the coastlands. Sing a new song, Corpus Christi. Sing a new song, Rock City. You're becoming a new song. And you're not going to be a full-time blues singer. Jesus, you said, what would you liken this generation unto? Their children singing in the marketplace. May this church sing in the marketplace. May we play the flute and may people respond for the wedding feast. May we empath- be empathetic to those that are hurting and bring comfort to them. And may people weep and cry together. Wisdom's justified by our children. May we sing a new song at home, or with our kids, at our jobs, our friends. You're in full-time ministry, and you're a full-time sound. Just say that. Say, I'm a full-time sound. I bless you. I bless your life. I bless your family, your time with the Lord. May you weep. May you cry. May you laugh. May you pray in the Spirit, and when we come together, may we speak songs, spiritual songs, and hymns. May we sing and rejoice in this church. May this church find its new sound. And I thank you so much, God, for the musicians, for Jordan, for Nathan, Candy, Mark, all the girls that sing, Colton, Shannon, Samantha, Gabby, our drummers, everybody that lays their life down to release a new sound. And may every one of you become a beautiful song to this city. When you walk out of here today, may you shine bright. And sing bright. And God, I ask that you bring life and comfort to everybody here as they go. I bless all of you mightily with hunger, thirst. And that you'd hear God's voice so clearly and you'd have a hunger for his word and righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Have an awesome day, guys. See, I only t- kept you an extra 15 minutes.